Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Hour number two of Mackie and Judd with Rami. Without Mackie, I'm Rami. There's Judd, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. We're on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Home to the most entertaining Minnesota sports podcast, including Purple Daily. Judd and I had that today, a Purple Podcast. This very show, Score North Live with Matt Collar, Matthew Collar, and much, much more. We have uh, team-specific programming like Raised by Wolves, Touch Em All. Find all our team-centric podcast wherever you download podcasts just search score north twins score north wolves whatever it is that you're looking for just a couple days on a couple days ago i should say on touch them all uh derek wetmore manny and i had the chance to uh talk with thad levine the gm of the uh, minnesota twins and he told us well he's been telling a lot of people things along these lines ever since training camp started about Miguel Sano and the shape that he came into in 2019. I think what he did this all season deserves a ton of credit. Uh, you know, between Tony Leo and our medical staff, Ian Kadish and our strength and conditioning staff, and, and our coaching staff, we gave him a very strict program to follow. Uh, in, involved in that was changing his nutrition and his habits. Uh, involved in that was working out in a different way than he had in years past. He embraced it. Uh, so you know, I would judge. I would use the judgment of people who've been around him longer than I have, who say that he's in the best shape that they've seen since 2015. Hmm. I can say that I, you know, we saw videos that he would send to us and pictures of how he was doing this offseason. He looked great. I actually saw him down in the Dominican where we were about three weeks ago for a scouting summit. Uh, within limits, I, I took as much liberals as I could in giving him a hug and touching as many muscle groups as I possibly could in that hug. Uh, he felt great. <laughs> he felt great. And uh, oh, good. And he walks into camp, I think, looking looking the part. Uh, an injury sustained, I think, uh, post celebration of winning the the championship down in winter ball. He has a laceration on his right heel, and it's just an area that's tough to heal uh, because it, it, it's kind of skin's thin, and every time you move, it kind of stretches it. So mm-hmm. we're going to probably be a little bit conservative on the front end of camp to try to get him 100% and get that wound healed. But once we do, I think we're seeing this guy is hitting the ground literally running. That was Dad Levine, Twins GM, on Touch Em All a couple days ago. Again, find it at scorenorth.com or wherever you download podcasts. And like I said, Dad Levine has been telling a lot of people, essentially, that Miguel Sano 
finally gets it. And there was actually a piece from uh, Dan Hayes at The Athletic Today that says, after a lost season, Miguel Sano apparently got the Twins' message. My question to you, Judd, to you, Jonathan, and to you at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Do you believe that Miguel Sano gets it? Oh, boy. Because I get the sense, Judd. Yep. Only been here a couple of months. Yep. But I get the sense that Twins fans have been waiting a while for Miguel Sano to quote-unquote get it. I think that's fair, and I think it's fair to say that they've been waiting for Sano to get it and for Buxton for it to click, if, if that makes sense. Because the get it part with Miguel is do you want it? With Buxton, you know he wants to be good, but it hasn't clicked. Now, here's where I guess I'm very hesitant to say yes until I see a lot more. And by a lot more, I'm talking about at least an entire season. I covered football. And you've been around the National Football League Mm -hmm. a lot in covering the Packers. And you know as well as I do that we get in training camp this story once or twice a year, right? So-and-so, it's finally clicked. You know, and sometimes, sometimes it's a guy who has finally gotten himself into shape. Some guys, it's a time who's done, who is, uh, who has been in trouble, and now he's decided that he's going to get his life on on the straight and narrow and be successful. In Sano's case, to say he gets it just right now because he came into camp in shape, but he's in a boot. I am. I I think it would be premature at best, and I think the Twins would would say. The exact same thing. We need to see a year of dedication here. And, and the interesting um, X factor about baseball is baseball is the one sport where we see guys uh, get out of shape as the season progresses because of the postgame spreads, because you can work out and have a, uh, a, uh, a dietitian throughout the winter, and then you start to play games, right? And you're getting done late at night, and then you're going to eat, or you're getting postgame spreads, and, and you don't have the person keeping track of your diet at that point. So, for the twins' sake, I hope the answer is most definitely yes. But a few stories and and just the fact that he finally got himself into the type of shape that he should have been in previously, I'm not saying that yet. And the other part of getting it, like it's 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 great that he got himself in shape. But like you said, Judd, let's see if he keeps himself in shape. As somebody who lost a lot of weight almost 10 years ago, I can tell you the harder part is keeping the weight off. Like when, when you're trying to lose the weight, you have a, a goal set in mind and you can sort of drive towards that goal. And every day you're on that. Right. When, it's, right. when it's just about maintenance, that's that's when it's tough. That's that's the, to real cha- <laughs> that's the real challenge. So let's yeah. see if he has the discipline to stay in shape. But the other part of it is... You don't just need discipline in when and how much you work out and what and how much you eat. He needs plate discipline. You know what I mean? And that is that is a whole... That's really good. So you got it from, from both sides there. Right? Plate discipline on the field <laughs> and plate discipline off the field. Rami. Thank you. You guys are on fire today. I'll be at 12 Eyes Brewing tonight, 8 That's o'clock, good. free comedy show. Um, <laughs> but isn't... I mean, he can get in, the, in as good a shape as he wants. Yep. If, if he doesn't figure out what he's doing at the plate... Yeah. It doesn't matter. He could be an Adonis. He could be ripped from head to toe and have muscles in places where I don't even have places. If he can't figure out what he's doing at the plate, all that other stuff, all that other getting it, quote-unquote getting it, doesn't really matter, does it? No. No, and we are, and th- th- this is true of, of those of us uh, in in the media. This is true of fans. We are so anxious to proclaim a guy gets it. 
you know, he shut up in shape. He gets it. And that's where I keep going back to, all right, let's see this unfold. You're right. Let's see. Let's see. Now that he's in shape, is his approach at the plate also honed a bit? Is he changing things? Is he going to adapt, adjust? I just, it feels like the sports fan is, especially now, is so prone to want to say, I see progress and therefore progress means success is going to be guaranteed. And where a team has to be smart, and this this is the the part of the equation to me that gets very intriguing, where the team has to be smart as well, is in this one. Do they see the guy start to click a bit, but know deep down that he's not going to, quote, get it, and therefore attempt to maximize his value and deal him? And fans might be like, what are you doing? Why are you trading Miguel Sano? He's playing so well right now. And the team just sits back and says, yeah, right now. But we know something that you don't know. And that's the other thing is, is especially a guy like this, who if he lets himself go again, it's going to be a big problem, right? So with, with a guy like this, you have to have faith that, that the team is not going to blindly jump on the bandwagon that we do, which is to say, well, if he's lost weight, it all must be fixed. I understand Jonathan has some uh, details on that Minnesota Wild yes, trade. It's not official, but according to Bob McKenzie, it's to the Bruins. It's official then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for what? Uh, let's Does see it say here. by chance? I'm seeing here uh, just had it. Donato and a fifth. Yes. Going Ryan to the Donato, Wild for Coyle. The, the son of Ted, who I believe is the head coach at Harvard and a former Bruin then, and a, a fifth round pick? Yes. Okay. Ryan Donato, hold on a second here. I called this up as well. Let's see what, what he had. This is going to underwhelm Wild fans. <laughs> last year in 12 games, he, he had a brief uh, stint with the Bruins. I believe he came up to them at the end of last season and in 12 regular season games had five goals and four assists, so he was very good. This year he's played in 34 games and only has six goals, nine points, and is a minus 11 in the plus-minus category. So this is a trade, gentlemen, that you got to go down this track. It's for the future. So you're good with this. Yes. You're happy with it. Yeah. This is what you have to do. You have you have to make trades for prospects here. For prospects and draft picks. This is not this is not a team that can just get a guy or two back right now and click. It's not that's not going to uh happen. So yes, I am fine with a draft pick and and Donato is listed as a center. He's six foot one hundred and eighty one pounds. Yes, I am absolutely fine. This is exactly with this group. Of uh, of Charlie Coyle, well, the trade stall, I bet. Um, Zucker, possibly. Granlund. If you can, what you need to try and do is get draft picks and prospects. So there it is. So I'm not complaining. Charlie Coyle to the uh, Boston Bruins. And that sends him home, too. So he will be very happy. Yeah, I just saw that. He's from out, out across my timeline. He played at Harvard. Uh, no, he played at uh, BU or BC, one of the two, I thought, and then and then I think he else, I think he uh, <clears throat> his academics weren't up to par and went and played juniors before he joined the uh, the Wild. I'm looking at a tweet from Chad Graff right now. Said he was drafted in the second round in 2014 and played at Harvard. Hold on a second here. Uh, Is Chad Graff mistaken? Uh, give me two seconds here, and I'll find out where he played college hockey. I thought he played at BU or BC, and I can never keep those two straight, and I don't know why. I'll find it. All right. I'll find it. Um, oh, and this also, sadly, if you are a Wild fan, this also brings a close to the Brett Burns trade, one of the worst trades in history by this team. They traded Brett Burns, who who to this day is a star defenseman for the San Jose Sharks. Still there, okay? 
They traded Brett Burns, who they drafted and developed, to uh, San Jose in the draft about five years back for the rights to Charlie Coyle, an up-and-coming prospect at, at the time, a forward by the name of Devin Setaguchi, who unfortunately had, and I'm not making light of this for one second, a drinking problem, so he flamed out, and the rights to a first-round draft pick, and they took a young man named Zach Phillips at the end of the first round with, with that pick, and Rami, there was only one problem with young Zach. He couldn't really skate well. That's a problem in hockey. And meanwhile... As little as I know about hockey, I'm going to say not being able to skate. And meanwhile, problem. Brett Burns has gone on to become a Norris Trophy-winning... Point-producing defenseman extraordinaire, and the last piece of that trade has now been shipped to the Boston Bruins. J- Jonathan, you said he played where? He went to BU. Thank Donato you. went to Harvard. That's what it is. Okay. All right. All right. So that's it. The first of the first of what I would expect to be at least uh, two or three trades before Monday's trade deadline by the Wild. Or you hope it needs to happen. <laughs> Lou Nanny on the podcast actually that we did today, and that and that you can find at uh, scorenorth.com and various places. Uh, predicted that they would trade Coyle, which they've now done. He predicted, and he's not a fan of, of this, but he predicted that they would trade Granlund and Stahl. And you can find uh, Judd's Hockey Show and Judd with Lou Nanny. Just search Score North Wild wherever you download podcasts. Uh, after a short break, we're going to look at what's going on in other news. Smacky and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami in that equation. He's Judd, Jonathan Harrison. On the other side of the glass, it is midweek, and uh, usually Wednesdays around this time, we like to uh, check what's going on elsewhere in the world, outside the world of sports and outside the world of normal people with a segment we call In Other News. Uh, Jonathan, usually... Phil is sitting in this chair and yep. playing. You got. You have the uh, sound bed. That we, there we go. There is what we usually play. Yep. For in other news, um, in other news, remember uh, last week I told you about the guy who attacked the Obama mannequin. Yes, because yes. he didn't like what it was saying to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have a uh, a serial situation here on our hands, but police say someone attacked the statue of Sean Diddy Combs. At Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in wow. New York, shoving the rap impresario's likeness so forcefully it lost its head. <laughs> Investigators were continuing Monday what? to look for a suspect in the strange episode Saturday night. Police say a man entered the museum near Times Square around 8.45 p.m., went to the statue, and knocked it to the ground. The head fell off as the figure toppled. And the man stomped it. Messages seeking comment were sent Monday to spokespeople for the Wax Museum, but no response uh, yet from Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. What? What's going on here? I don't know. What are these ports? I mean, they're not they're inanimate objects. What do they do to anybody? I don't know, but I hope it keeps up. And I don't know. Have I don't you ever been to one of those, the Wax Museums? I have not, no. I you, have one it's time. It's really strange. Like it, they do a really good job of getting the likenesses, but it's still a little unsettling. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, it's a picture accompanying this article of P. Diddy standing next to his his wax counterpart. Mm-hmm. And if if I didn't know, if they didn't point out in the caption what, of the photo, the real one, I wouldn't know which one was which. To be quite honest with you, but what is with people attacking statues so and second. mannequins? I've got more questions for you now. And does what, does Diddy P- does Diddy have to 
retaliate. Was Diddy talking? Was the was the no. mannequin of Diddy talking here? I mean, not to normal people. The guy to who attacked guy? the Obama mannequin said that he didn't like what it said to him. So I don't know if the, again I don't know if it's the same guy, and I don't know if the, if the mannequin was talking in this particular case. I just I'm, I didn't know they talked. I'm so confused by all of this. Really strange. That's the point. I mean, can't can't people just go to a wax museum and have a good time, or go to a <laughs> store and okay, there's a there's a mannequin of Obama, and okay, yeah. And I told you, the guy who attacked the Obama so mannequin, confused. that wasn't even politically motivated. He just didn't like what the mannequin was saying. No, to him. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Why can't we? We got enough problems. Like, we don't need to be picking on or attacking things that aren't real. Maybe he thought Wax Diddy shot Wax Tupac. (laughs) Maybe that's that's why. That's that's deep. That is deep. That's also a throwback to the 90s right there. Thank you. I appreciate it. It took a really long time to get that revenge. (laughs) John, what do you have? Oh, let's see. Dateline, Petersfield, England, or Pettersfield. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. which one. Dated February 13th from Reuters News. A Tinder-inspired app is helping farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. Called Tutter. Excuse me? I'm not surprised by this in the least bit. Called Tutter. (laughs) Really not. T-U-D-D-E-R. A mix of the dating app Tinder and Utter. It allows farmers uh, to swipe right on cattle they like the look of. They are then directed to a page on the Sell My Livestock website where they can browse more pictures and data about the animals before deciding whether to buy. Valuable information is available on matters like milk yield and protein content or calving potential, explained a a CEO of of an agriculture company. Matching livestock online is easier than it is to match humans because there's a huge amount of data that sits behind these wonderful animals that predicts what their offspring will be, this person said. Launching at the time, just in time for Valentine's Day, the makers believe Tutter is the first ever matchmaking app for livestock. You know why this is more effective than human matchmaking apps and services? Because people are going to be honest about their cows. That's a very honest... People, people yeah, aren't going right. to go on there right. and lie about the cow's weight or the cow's height or the cow's age or what kind of car the cow drives. That's not you don't have to worry about that on Tutter. Like you're not you're not concerned. Is that really a picture of that cow? <laughs> is that really Ted the cow or is that Ted's hotter brother? And is that really his Larry sports car he's posing with? <laughs> I didn't think of this, but I you know what. Tutter's the way to go. I'm all in on Tutter. What kind of uh, data did you say they have available on Tutter? Oh, let me see. About, about the cows? <laughs> Valuable information uh-huh. is available on matters like, and these are important, don't laugh, uh-huh. milk yield and protein content mm-hmm. or calving potential, explained the CEO of its Hectare Ag- Agritech, which runs livestock or sellmylivestock.com. And Graindex, a UK-based online agritech trading platform. I think they should include that information on Tinder and dating and dating websites. You calving, know, calving potential. You know, I met milk output. I met my gal the old-fashioned way <laughs> at, at a party. I'm just, I'm so happy. The one good thing about being damn old is I didn't have to go through today's dating scene.
I didn't go through dating apps, and I didn't meet my girlfriend on Tutter, but I did meet her on Twitter. <laughs> we met on Twitter, me and the girlfriend. But it was, but it wasn't like you weren't putting yourself out there. It, it was just happenstance. Yeah, it just sort of happened. Okay, that see to She's, me that she slid into the DMs, oh. and, and away we went. Really? Yep. Is, like about like what was going on? What was going back and forth? We before she slid in, into the DMs and it got highly personal. Okay, so we were talking on on my radio show back in Milwaukee about how I've never I never golfed, and I was getting ready for our uh, charity golf tournament that we were doing out there, and uh, she got in on the conversation and offered to take me golfing and teach me the game because she's quite experienced on the links. And uh, then I accepted her offer and uh, we started with the DMs. And here we are almost three years later. I don't mean to be mean to her, (laughs) but does she realize in retrospect what a a miserable failure she was (laughs) at teaching you the game? Hey, this is coming from a guy that can't shoot a basketball, okay? I got my own faults. He's right. I've got, yeah. So yeah. I'm. this is not coming from a good athlete making fun. Right. Okay, so right. please, please listen closely. I'm not picking on you. But, my God, you're terrible, and I'm terrible too, but Here's the thing, what Joe, happened? She didn't care about the golf. She had ulterior motives. Okay. <laughs> I can't argue. It's, it's pretty clear. Right. Because obviously. if she had cared about the golf, right. you wouldn't be as bad we as you are We didn't even right go golfing for like the first six months we dated. <laughs> <laughs> no golf ever where, happened. Okay, I got more questions again. Okay. Where, did she, where did she see your picture to clearly get these ulterior motives? Uh, probably from the website. But it, oh, obvi- okay. I mean, look at me. It wasn't the picture. It was this dynamic personality and wit and charm that I... Could have been the picture. <laughs> All types, man. <laughs> Jonathan, do you have any uh, in other news this afternoon? Dateline France. All right. <laughs> circa February 18th. It is now easier than ever in France to act out your Star Wars fantasies. I'm interested. Because it's fencing federation, fencing the sport. Mm-hmm has borrowed from a galaxy far, far away and officially recognized lightsaber dueling as a competitive sport. Okay. All right. Are these real lightsabers, though, or are Uh, these uh, like the toy things that you can find? I'd imagine them the toy things. Mm. One of the the Federation's secretary general, I'm not going to pronounce his name because I don't know how to pronounce French names. Uh, With young people today, it's a real public health issue. They don't do any sport and only exercise with their thumbs. It's becoming difficult to to persuade them to do a sport that has no connection with getting out of the sofa and playing with one's thumbs. <laughs> it's very negative about kids playing video games. I just I'm I want somebody to master actual lightsaber technology. That that's the thing I'm most curious yes, about I, I don't, in this story. I want real actual working functioning lightsabers. Do you want the rules of this? Yes, we have please. The rules. Please. Combatants fight in a inside a circle marked in tape on the floor, strikes to the head or body are worth five points, to the arms or legs three points, on hands one point. The first two 15 points wins, or if they don't get there quickly, the high score after three minutes. But if you cut off somebody's hand, you automatically win, yes. right? Okay. And then you become their father. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to let you have this one. Judd has no clue. I'm just going to let you have this one. Okay. The last time I, the last time, just gonna let us geek out. The last time that I was involved with a lightsaber would have been the late seventies. After, and I'm not joking, you guys, I saw the original Star Wars in the theater. I thought I turned my house in my mind into a spaceship. Nice. And Target was selling, um, essentially a flashlight. 
I'm not joking. Yeah. The, a flashlight with a big plastic attachment. Yeah, that's in, that, that's in, still lightsaber technology. Insert today. your own joke. Yeah. And that was that was it. And so I would go around the house pretending like I was I had a lightsaber. That's what I'm saying. I want them to master light and I'm sure somebody has It's gotta be better than that. And it now, just has me. not been brought to market. There's got to be a way I'm gonna, that you can use labors, lasers to cut people's hands and other limbs off. There's got to be a way. <laughs> I'm to assuming there's a reason these haven't been brought to market quite yet. <laughs> it's if possible. they're able to cut through human body parts, there's Hold probably on. a reason they're not available. I'm going to Google. There's got to be better technology. But, I mean, there has to be. I'm talking about I was dealing with a flashlight. Where, like, they have Here like, it is. the sounds and their Oh, here's one that's $184. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So they this sell is really high end. Ultra Sabers is what it's this is called. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's called an ultra saver here. Light sa- Oh yeah. Oh oh. And this one, yeah. Okay, this one. It's it's like a um, it's like a police nightstick, but then okay. but then it looks like the light will shoot from it. I'm talking about. I was going around the house with a flashlight with a damn piece of plastic attached to it. It was really pathetic. Nothing wrong with that though. Yeah. Nothing wrong at all with that. Until I found sports. If it's Star Wars related. I got another one, maybe two, depending how much time we have left here in this segment. In other news, pot smoker finds overweight tiger in abandoned house. This is a real thing that happened. Okay. A is person, this the, the plot line to The Hangover? A person who went into an abandoned home to smoke marijuana ended up face-to-face with an overweight tiger. The person, Texan police, are referring to as a, quote, concerned citizen, (laughs) rang the authorities who initially believed the caller was hallucinating. That would be my first, the first conclusion that I jumped to. If you told me I I was smoking weed and I found a tiger, I'd be like, sir, how high are you? That's just a big fat house cat. That you're petting, and did the did the person <laughs> report this as an overweight tiger? I don't know. I'm looking. And at how a, do you decide a tiger's fat? I'm looking at the picture. This tiger is fat. <laughs> turn around. Turn around. I want to see this tiger. It's a fat tiger. Oh, that that's is a, a that's big, an obese fat tiger. tiger. Yeah, I've okay. never seen a tiger like this ever. I've never seen a tiger so fat. That tiger needs a diet. Yeah. And it needs to come back at spring training and want it next year. Police say they were trying to get into this house to smoke marijuana. (laughs) Well played. We questioned them as to whether they were under the effects of drugs or they actually saw a tiger. They saw a tiger in this building, this vacant house that's obviously been abandoned for some time. They say the tiger was being held in an unlocked cage, which was too small and not strong enough for a wildcat of that size, according to reports. Although the home is abandoned, packages of meat were found with the tiger. The police say, though, although the tiger appeared docile, she was tranquilized for safety reasons before they moved her to an appropriate shelter. Okay. the story say where this was? This was in, uh, I want to say it was in New York City. I'm trying to uh, find the dateline right now. Yeah, I know. Okay, then. That sounds very plausible. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like very much like something that could happen in New York, doesn't it? I, you shouldn't get a tiger if you have a nice-sized home. What are you doing getting a tiger when you have to keep it in an abandoned building? Could you be and stop by every day and drop off packages of meat. <laughs> Smug- smuggling it somewhere? I have no idea. I mean, that doesn't it's sound... It's hard to smuggle something if it's really fat like that. Well, no? the tiger probably got fat. It was an accident. Yeah. The tiger's like, dude, I'm really fat. I need a diet. You're like, yeah, it's too late. Sure those are the tiger's exact It's words. too late, buddy. 
<laughs> Sorry, Tiger. Well, I'm really fat. I guess I, I, I guess I got to join the health club. Tigers go walks down the street. All right. I go on the Judd diet. I got one more. Little Jenny Craig. The Miguel Sano diet. I got one more that he started doing football workouts. <laughs> <laughs> And yoga. <laughs> and his sister yoga. became his nutritionist. I have one more, if we could please, before we wrap with Roycey. Of course. In other news, and this actually comes from the news world, a Fox News host told viewers live on air that he has not washed his hands in a decade because, quote, germs are not a real thing. Okay, buddy. He said he has this. improved his health since he stopped washing his hands because it is a way of, quote, inoculating himself. The insanitary habit emerged after Jebediah Bila revealed how Hegseth, the host, had been eating day-old pizza in the studio. In his defense, the presenter said, Pizza Hut lasts for a long time. As a New Year's resolution, Hegseth has vowed to say things on air that he would normally say off-air. It is unclear whether his viewers are grateful, and after his lack of hand-watching emerged, he was described as gross and disgusting on Twitter. He says germs are not a real thing because I can't see them. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, They're not a real I, thing because I can't see them. I would thank this person profusely if you, if I know you and you don't wash your hands, that's disgusting. But tell me, because I want to go nowhere near you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I would much rather know. Do you do you think the person really buys this? Like, is this real? Do you think he believes it? Yeah. I I think there's a chance he does, but it's to think that of all the things that you do that you shouldn't wash your hands ever after them is really beyond the realm of my comprehension. <laughs> if something isn't if you can't see something, yes, then it's not real. Yes. Has, has he ever heard of a microscope? <laughs> I don't know. And when things are put below that microscope and you can see them crawling around. He didn't pay attention in science class. I would like to know. I don't know if I buy it. I'm not sure. I would like to know if he's a religious man. <laughs> because if you don't believe things that you can't see, how can you be religious? He can't be then. You're right. right? No, he can't be. No, you couldn't be. If you're germs right. aren't real because you can't see them. Yeah, there'd be nothing in your right. Sir, what is your belief system? Yeah. And have you seen God? <laughs> that's that's no, you're, my question. No, you're right. Right? You got him right there. I just, I did. You, you just got him. Pete Hegseth. The Donahue moment. You just got him. Gotcha, buddy. I gotcha, Pete Hegseth, if that's the correct way to pronounce your name. Among the everyday gross things In that... In a decade, he hasn't washed his hands, so dude. gross. Among the everyday gross things that a person could or could, or could not do, uh-huh. that's right up there. It's one of them. Like, that is beyond disgusting. Definitely one of them. I mean, think of all the things that don't get cleaned off. This person's ass. I mean, he does probably. I'm guessing shower every day. I, Do I would, we know? I would, or most days. Yeah. Oh, okay, but that okay. Just a little bit of clothes. That's another there, hole in his theory. No, no but th- this is why I'm not sure. I buy. I buy that he's serious here and that he's not y- yanking our chain. That's a great point because if he's worried about inoculating himself. And creating, and so he doesn't want to create this this issue. You wouldn't shower on a daily basis, right? I would think not. Okay, see, once again, you just poked another hole in that theory. That's what I'm here for. If Jen. he comes, if he comes to you and says, "No, I do shower," you would say, "Well, then you're doing, then you're, then what's your point?" <laughs> when you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? And why are you just washing your bleeping hands? Wash your damn hands.
Yes. That's the message for Mackie and Judd with Robbie. We'll wrap with Royce next. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500andscorenorth.com. It's time to wrap with Royce, so I punch up Patrick Royce on the phones. Pat, how are you this afternoon, sir? Did, did Mackie get out of the airport? Uh, he we was. think so. He was scheduled on the first flight, and I think it finally <laughs> took off at like 1 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was drizzling a little here today during the workshop. Oh, no. Not a drizzle. No. Not a drizzle, I, Pat. I, yeah. I hope you stayed dry. It lasted five or six minutes, probably. Oof. So it was, uh, Life is it was tough. Kind of, kind of upsetting, anyway. The great Don Newcomb has died at age 92. Uh, one of really a pioneer African American uh, pitcher for the Dodgers. Uh, the Cy Young Award started in 1956, and for the first 11 years, gentlemen, you might not remember this. Obviously, they only awarded one for both leagues. The baseball writers only voted for one, and Don Newcomb uh, was the first ever 1956 for the Dodgers, and that is a uh, that's kind of interesting to me when I look you know look back now, and I think there's this. Uh, this uh, perception of uh, you know racial prejudice and stuff that existed certainly now and then in the fifties, uh, but uh, the first ever uh, by nineteen fifty six, the baseball writers uh, were colorblind enough to uh, uh, vote in Don Newcomb as the one and only Cy Young Award. So I'm I'm kind of proud of that to be a member. So. Did you see Did you see the start of the trades or, or the continuation yes, for the Wild? Royal for uh, well, at least this guy. Uh, <laughs> Is he of the uh, the family? Yes, is he from the the Notto family, is he? Yes, he. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he is Ted's kid, and he played for Ted at Harvard, and, and then went and played on the Olympic team with Jordan Greenway last year, and uh, had been at Providence quite a bit this year. But yes, he is of the Donato family. And uh, of course, uh, was not Ted on the Harvard team that uh, beat our oh. boys in '89 at the Civic Center? Got to bring it up, don't you? Yes, wasn't he? he I was believe on that, on, oh, that was the Scarta post game. Goes back and says, "How can they? How did they lose at Harvard?" And about five of those guys end up being NHLers on the Harvard team back then. So, but I, I was thinking that this is Ted's kid, though, huh? Yes, Ted's kid. Well, uh, yeah, Charlie. Uh, Charlie goes, and uh, that sounds like it might not be a bad return for Charlie, huh? No, and it's got. They've got to start to do do that to get some parts. If you get draft picks and prospects with, with this next group of guys that that they're going to trade, it, it's fine. In fact, Rami, can you play for Patrick Boudreaux from last night? This is thirty six seconds of glorious ticked off coach last <laughs> night, Patrick. You're going to love this. You break this one down. Does it come down to three power plays in the third period? Chances that you had that didn't go in, and that's kind of the difference in maybe how the game turned out. Well, that's the difference, but. Um, yeah, one more. I'm not going to be very cordial today. Just so. uh, the, the, I mean, the game where you just couldn't score, right? do you feel like you had the amount of chances that you needed to win this time? I didn't think we needed it. We paid the price to win. Mm-hmm. So that's simple as that. you got to get to the front of the net. you got to get the dirty goals, you know. That's it tonight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was it! Is, this, is he going to make it to the end of the season? Yes, he is, but um, as... as Evanson is sitting there waiting for him, right? Yeah. Long term, yes, but I don't think he's going to get fired, and he doesn't deserve to be. I, I am worried, as as Russo tweeted last night, and I don't disagree with this, I am concerned about his health, though. 
He's looking a little pink, is he? Yeah, and you know those guys, Pat, yeah, it eats them up. Red bug, man. Yeah, and it eats them up, as you know. It's like he might go home and eat a sandwich. Yeah, it's Unbelievable. So yeah, well, that's uh, quite a back to back, though. To get shut out four zero, two games in a row. That's a that's a feat, especially with a second one at Anaheim, which is horrible. Pat, they've been shut out twice by the Ducks. The Ducks have won some minuscule amount of games in like the last twenty. Two have been shut out victories at the X against <laughs> the Wild. Uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to get rid of Getzlaff or Perry yes. or something? Yes. Yes. They're going to, uh, well, I don't know if they can trade guys or not because of contracts and, and age, but they're going to clean house completely. Well, I mean, God almighty, they got that, that flaming idiot Randy Carlisle, I mean, and then let him stick for all those years. So. Well, they finally fired him, though. Bob Murray is coaching yeah, them. Yeah, now, I Bob's never coached before. Him, but Murray comes down again to coach. He's the general manager. How does he take a fall here, for goodness sake? So, anyway. <laughs> Ah, uh, it's it's unbelievable. So you guys, uh, I, I suppose you talked up the uh, Jerry Kill. Uh, I was just going to ask you about that, Pat. Right? Yeah, I was just going to ask you what you make of all that. Uh, well, uh, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, Kill took the culture's got to change, culture's got to change, culture's got to change. Not only the opening but also Coyle uh, ripping the culture when he started the search. Uh, he took that personally. And uh, he, uh, Ian, in fact, uh, from what I hear, he uh, communicated this to uh, Coach Fleck in a message. Maybe the next day, might have been the same night, but... Uh, it was spiced with uh, many uh, adjectives and adverbs and uh, other things, and uh, that's that's basically been the uh, the uh, situation there. And I will say this: people are saying, "I can't believe Kill went on the radio and did this." Well, I don't think he called up the radio station as a caller and said. Hey, this is Jerry Kill from Carbondale, Illinois, and I'd like Illinois, and I'd like to tell you about uh, PJ Flack. I mean, they asked him about it, and he answered. So you know, you know, you might want him to be a little. If you're a Gopher fan, you obviously don't want him to answer in that manner. But as, if you're a reporter, you like a guy being honest, don't you? He was being honest. That's what he thinks of PJ Flack. The ex-wife shot was as uh, was as big a zinger as I've heard in a long time. Oh yeah, that one was uh, that was uh, as I said, that was the queen of spades in a hearts game right there. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, maybe uh, a little unnecessary. But Jerry, if you go back and read what I wrote about him uh, during his years, uh, the, the times I got on him the worst were about his high level of sensitivity. I got a, you know, uh, Sid wrote a column about how they should have given him the job he wanted as the liaison uh, for football to the president or something. Remember that job he wanted? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, Sid wrote this. And so I came back with a blog, you know, 
not ripping Kill, but ripping the stupidity of the fact that you're going to hire a new, you're going to have plays be the football coach, but you're going to have somebody else taking the message to the higher, the powers on high, and you're going to circumvent the AD. And now the stupidity of that. And uh, when I woke up, it was, it was, I was down in Florida. When was that been? I guess 16, maybe sometime. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was down here at spring training. I had two or three messages from my kill on my phone when I got up in the morning. So he's in the last sentence. And not, you know, it wasn't that I took shots in there. I took a shot at the stupidity, the idea, and he was uh, trying to defend himself against the idea that it was stupid. But yeah, he's a he's a sensitive guy, and that's been burning inside him for two years. And uh, somebody asked him about it on the airwaves, and uh, he blew any punches. Do you think something, Patrick, happened that we don't know about, too, during the time period where he joined that staff? It, it just seems like there's way more here than, than we know. No, I don't think, uh, you know, he was a young coach. He was like the seventh or eighth guy in the coach on the staff. He didn't have a lot of authority. I don't think that they, you know had big personality conflicts. I think he just said, I'm leaving for Rutgers, and they said, good luck, you know. And I I think that uh, uh, they might not like him too well, you know. You know, you got to, they weren't, they weren't a crusty old collection then, uh, I guess, uh, but Gill and, you know, he had Lime Grove. But you got to remember that people are, are framing this as though he's bad that they fired Clay's. Uh, that's, yeah, he thought Clay's deserved a chance to stay, but you got to remember, he was bad at Clay's for firing Lime Grover, too. Uh, he didn't, he, he was upset about that. So this was more about the whole, uh, culture, the whole spiel of Fleck, uh, making, making it sound like he was inheriting this mess that had been created by killing Clay's. So that was, uh, that was, uh, that's, that's the burr in his saddle. Pat, uh, a question we had earlier on the show, seeing a lot of articles and a lot of people from the Twins organization preaching that Miguel Sano gets it now because he came in, into camp in shape. Are you convinced that Miguel Sano, quote-unquote, gets it and what it takes to be a Major League Baseball well, player? I, I I certainly am impressed with the way he looks physically, but I'm certainly not going to vouch for his. I, I'm impressed with his commitment since I'd last seen him. Okay, but I'm not. I can't vouch for him for the um, the uh, you know if, if if you know he has a good month and decides that he can get fat again or something. I, I I don't know, but he certainly seems more serious about it than he ever has in the brief. He seems more serious about the idea that hey, you could be a bust here, buddy. You know that two hundred million you thought you were going to make might be about eight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think he gets it at this moment in time, but is he going to get it two months from now? I, I don't have any idea. You know, I don't know. Pat, thanks He's again. Gone. We'll, uh, we will talk tomorrow, my friend. All right, gentlemen. There's Patrick. Catch uh, Royce on baseball, Royce Unchained at scorenorth.com and wherever you download podcasts. That's going to about do it for us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Without Mackie, our thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Jonathan on the other side of the glass. Any parting words, Judd, before uh, you're, you're out of town, too? Tomorrow it's... 
No Mackie, no Judd, just Rami with Manny and Danny. And Jonathan. And jo- well, Jonathan will be and here, Jonathan as be always. There. Jonathan is the main my parting words, the show. My parting words are for Paul Fenton. Keep the trades coming, Paul. <laughs> Keep the trades coming. You got a supporter here in St. Paul. I'm about to drive home, so I'll be a supporter in St. Louis Park after that. But uh, keep the trades coming. Clear this group out as much as possible. It didn't work. It was a nice try by Chuck Fletcher. But the trades are the right thing to do. This is not a playoff team. Don't let anybody tell you this is a playoff team. For Jonathan, for Judd. Oh, Who's go ahead. next, Judd? I'd trade Zucker next because he's way too comfortable. But it'll probably be Grand. It'll probably, my guess is Grandland. L- Louis predicted, and I trust him. Mm-hmm. Louis predicted Grandland, although Louis doesn't want him traded. Uh, Stahl, who I think you're going to get, and that's the unfortunate thing because th- this is a veteran guy with a 10 team no trade. I think you're going to get like a third round pick for him for Stahl, which is not great, but I think he'll take it. But you've got to just clean this house out. Will the house be, needs to be swept clean. Will there be a column with your wild thoughts coming before you uh, hit hit the? Hit I the might road write from New, New York. York. Oh, and then I can write. Wow. And then I can wow. write the trip off. Not taking a vacation, eh? <laughs> Why would you take a vacation when you can write a trip off? It's been suggested to me it might be a good idea to hack out a column in the hotel room. So stay tuned for that at scorenorth.com. If you missed any of this show, you'll find it at scorenorth.com. I'm back tomorrow with Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill, and Jonathan. We'll talk to you then on Mackie and Judd with Ron.